glad that you guys are all here. So glad that you guys stayed safe after the chaos that was the roads last week. Um, I got stuck in my own driveway that, that through that one. And not like, oh, I can't get out of my... No, I got physically stuck, unable to go in any which way, and had to be pushed out in my own driveway. It was fun. Thankfully, I had help. But we are here. We are back. And we are jumping, diving, whatever verb you want to use, into a brand new series. And that series we are calling Hunger. Hunger. That's what that says, not hangry. It's hunger. I know. Every time I see it on the hat, I just see hanger. But it's hunger. And if you guys have been on the weekend services for the past couple of months, been checking out the different things. You've probably heard this before. You've seen the swag going around. You've seen all of the different things with it. But hunger is the pursuit, the desires that we have. And this comes from one of the big things that this series is coming from is the Hunger Pains booklet that went out a number of months ago. If you guys didn't see one, if you haven't seen it, this is basically us coming together as a church and committing to pursue disciplines as a church. If you guys don't have one, there's a bunch of them back there on that table. You're welcome to grab a booklet when you, when you have a chance. But this is a series where we're going into the what are called the spiritual disciplines. And the reason, so oftentimes in the past, we've done like a big chill recap, or we've gone into, you know, something, you know, pretty, pretty high energy or something like that. But some of you might be like, spiritual disciplines, that sounds hard. But the reason we're going into the disciplines right after big chill, right after this, going into, you know, some of the more difficult months of the year, getting through all the dreary weather, hoping for spring, but then it keeps, you know, not happening. Like today it was 50, and then Friday we're going to get eight inches of snow. So, you know, you just it just kind of goes all over the place while you're out here. And so I want to jump into this hunger series because I, I know the power that spiritual discipline can have on our lives, especially coming out of something like a big chill, something like a big chill where, you know, it's, you might get a, a, a spiritual high, mountaintop, as they might talk about it, and then as, as Derry even talked about, it kind of falls through, and he falls off, we experience, we change our perspective, and then we have to get into the valley where things grow. And things grow when we put work in. So this is a series that's going to require some work. There's going to be a bit less of me talking up here and a bit more of us doing things in this series. Because what we're going to do is we're going to look at what are the things that can create hunger for God in our lives. 
What are the things that build hunger and growth in our lives? And so we're jumping into the first of the disciplines that we want to talk about, and this is the discipline of prayer. We're talking about prayer, and for some of you, you got excited about that. If I had to guess with most of you, chill, a little bit of a chill ran down your spine. I'm well aware of the intimidation factor of prayer. Our life group is well aware that the fastest way to shut up the guys is for me to ask the question, who wants to pray? Doesn't matter what they're talking about, doesn't matter what it is, silence. And I'm guessing, ladies, you understand what that feels like. There's something about us that there is an instant fear when we are asked to pray, when we think about praying. Prayer suddenly feels this dark, deep, heavy pressure. Like we have to say it right. We got to say the right words. We got to do it in the right way. And share this, this thing, this special occurrence. But the thing about prayer is the more we look into it, the more we study it, the more we realize what it is, the less intimidating it should become. Because the thing is, prayer is actually not hard. It's not a difficult at least it shouldn't be. There is a learning to pray. There is a need to be taught to pray. But it's not hard. The verse that we're going to go into shares a lot of, of kind of these things, and especially this next thing, that prayer is also not for show. Prayer is not a production We don't get up to pray, especially out, and, and I want to differentiate a little bit between two different avenues or parts of prayer. One thing is called individual prayer, and one is called corporate prayer. Both of these are biblical, both of these are disciplines, and both of them require different things. Individual prayer is our our prayer, our prayer life with God. As the scriptures say, when we go into the room, we shut the door behind us and we pray with our God. And so, prayer is an individual, an extremely intimate, individualistic thing. At the exact same time, we see throughout scripture Corporate prayer, praying together with people. When I say corporate, I don't mean like business suits and ties in the corporate world. Corporate is, just means together. So the idea of praying with other people, praying for other people, praying about other people. And both of these things 
can become so many things in our mind. Both of these can become this difficult, perfectionistic thing. where We have to say the right things. It can be this, this show, whether it's by yourself or in front of people or with people, where you have to, you have to, you have to rile up an emotion or you have to say the right thing to, to, to move your own spirit. But the baseline is prayer is not meant to be intimidating. Prayer is not meant to be scary. Prayer is meant to be life-giving, constant. Scripture says pray without ceasing. Which is very interesting because it also says do not be long-winded when you pray. Which means there is a way to never stop praying or have a spirit of prayer without wasting wind. That's something that's learned, that's taught as we go. Prayer is so many things. And I'm not going to lie, I, I do, I wish a lot of these things I had realized and known about prayer much, much earlier in life. So I hope I can share some of that with you. First of all, this is probably one that we hear most consistently, prayer is communication. It is a dialogue, not a monologue. It's not you talking to the corner of the room. We're putting words out into space. This is one of the one of the most jarring things I remember. I don't know if you guys have ever read C.S. Lewis's The Screw Tape Letters. It's a it's a strange it's a it's a fantastic book, but it's a strange book. So basically, it's a, the, the entire book is a series of letters written from the point of view of a lesser demon to his superior about. Someone that he is tasked with tempting and living with basically throughout his life. And the way that it's, it's framed is super interesting. But one of the most interesting ones that I remember was they were talking about prayer. And this demon talks about, if you can convince your subject, your target, that the prayer stops in the corner of the room that they're looking at, that prayer will never go anywhere. And I wonder how often, that just stuck in my mind, the idea, how often does my prayer not go anywhere because I don't believe there's anywhere for it to go. I'm praying, I'm going through the motions of prayer. I pray before my meal. I say the same thing every time or something along the lines of it. Blessed food, Amen. That, that doesn't go past the table or the, the roof, I'm not going to lie. That's not coming from my heart. It's not a dialogue with God. It's communication. And so often we forget about the other side of the conversation when we pray. We forget to listen. And all we do is talk. Or... 
we forget to listen and all we do is ask, take, beg. But prayer is a dialogue. We have to listen. Not only is it communication, prayer is revelation. Prayer is meant to reveal. This comes from the listener. There is a reason that we are told in Scripture when numerous people have big decisions to make that they prayed and they fasted. We're going to talk about fasting in a, little, in a couple weeks. Prayer and fasting is the crucial thing in the Bible when it comes to any decision-making that is made. Because prayer is not just shouting out to the corner. Prayer is a desire to have something revealed. An understanding that prayer can and does give answers. Give answers to questions that we asked, and sometimes, more alarmingly, ones we didn't. Prayer becomes this connection with God where He actually has the opportunity when we so desire to hear the voice of God and see where He wants to go, prayer is how most commonly He reveals those answers to us. Prayer is surrender is one that I feel like we don't think about a whole lot. But the act of prayer is an act of surrender. It is an act of releasing our own control over the world. We have to admit, if we are going to prayer and going into a, a state of prayer with God, a posture of prayer with God, that he's bigger than us. That he's more powerful than us. That he is more loving than us. That he uh, has a better idea for the world than us. Deep prayer, the, the act, the discipline of prayer is putting yourself before God to have that conversation. Vulnerability is a part of surrender. It's a part of prayer. Prayer goes deeper. The discipline of prayer, the, 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 the true meaning of prayer, goes deeper than God take care of my pet. God be with these troubles that I'm going through. And it becomes so much more. Prayer is growth. There's an actual expectation that when you pray, you will grow. If someone comes to me with a, a, a struggle where they feel like they're not growing in their faith, they feel like God's not revealing anything new, feels like they're not learning anything new from Scripture, feels like they can't take anything new 
from the, from the from preaching, from the messages. My first question would be, how's your prayer life? Because if you have no prayer life, you will not grow. Growth comes in prayer. This is the potency, the power of prayer. Speaking of which, prayer is also powerful. This is one that I wish I had realized much earlier in my life. If I had realized earlier in my life who I was praying to, my prayer life would have been significantly different. Because here's the reality. I love that the band talked about the omnipotence of God. The all power of God. Because what we don't always realize when we pray is we have a direct line to the very ear of the all-powerful God. When we pray, do we actually think about the fact that every word we say, He has the power to make true? Every single word. So why are we just praying for a good grade on a test? When we could be praying, I'm not saying not to pray for that, but that also involves hard work, and that's what he's going to probably tell you when you pray. But do we also realize that Scripture talks about there are floodgates in heaven holding back floods of God's grace and truth, and the only reason they are unopened is because his people have not asked. Ask and you will receive. Seek and you will find, Scripture says. The omnipotence, all power, complete power, is at our connection. We can ask, talk, and communicate with that God. The same God who split a sea and walked millions of people through it. The same God who saved a family from a worldwide flood for 40 days of rain and hundreds more on the lake to repopulate the entirety of the earth. The God who shut the mouths of lions. The God who took down a nine-foot warrior with a stone. I love the song that we sang of the same God. The same God that all those powerful, crazy, insane things in the Bible, that same God is the one that you pray for a good meal for. Do we realize what our prayers can do? If all we did was ask. 
That's not the same prayer that I prayed throughout middle school and high school, every meal, and before bed. Prayer has so much power within it. I've had the honor of being on the prayer team here at Impact for, I think, eight years now. And for years, that prayer team was three or four people, two people sometimes. And it was difficult to be a part of the team. It was difficult to, to say that we were part of it because nobody came up for prayer. Nobody wanted it. Nobody mentioned it. And right now, that same prayer team has 30 members on it. And I have watched... And listened to story upon story upon story every single week of miracles, legit, real miracles, pain gone after months and years, sickness eradicated. Relationships renewed in days and hours. The power of prayer. When we can call on the name of Jesus and know that that name means something, it changes the entirety of how we pray. And the last thing that I want to talk about with what prayer is before we dive into Scripture. Prayer is confession. When we pray, as I said, we become vulnerable. We open ourselves up to God. We open ourselves up to His revelation. And sometimes when that happens, it means revelation happens. When it comes to our sin. And God will through prayer. Or when we bring prayer to him. We will realize. That sin stands in our way. And confession through prayer is powerful. Speaking out loud your confession. Whether it is in your own room or to others. Creates immense freedom. Power. Prayer is potent. It changes the world around you and you. Complete side note this is one of the reasons why I actually don't encourage high schoolers who are dating to pray together. Prayer is immensely intimate and can create a early intimacy on par with physical too fast just a warning to you that prayer can quickly create something within you and within your relationships before it is complete side note there but from there we're going to go into one of the things that I feel like we talk about we think about all the time when we pray, 
how do I pray? I don't know what to say. I don't know how to pray. Well, thankfully, while the Bible sometimes is not clear on certain things and we have to, we have to struggle through some, he's, the Bible is very clear when we ask it it's the question, how do we pray? Matthew 5, 6. Matthew 6, verse 5. 5 through 13. This is the words of Jesus. And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites. For they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans. For they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them. For your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. This, then, is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Who's heard the Lord's Prayer before? Who's memorized the Lord's Prayer? Okay, I figured. It's one of the earliest ones that I remember, right up there with Psalm 23, of memorizing when I was young. The great thing about this is, first of all, if you're flat out at a point where you just don't know what to pray, you have been given direct words right here. And I can speak from experience. There is immense power in just praying these words, especially on repeat. So when I don't know what to pray, to just simply go, especially if it's a memorized thing where it can just come up, I don't have to pull it off of my, my screen and risk being distracted or go find a Bible and, and flip to the right verse. If it's, if it's already up there, just pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, and it goes. But the other great thing is not only is it exact words to pray, it gives us a formula to pray. Oftentimes this formula is described by the acronym ACTS. A C. T-S, Acts. And these stand for adoration, confession, thanksgiving, and supplication. So here's basically what this means. When we pray, we go in this order. And this is not a required thing. You don't have to always pray in this way, but this is a fantastic method to pray through. Because it starts with adoration. Praise God for who he is. Adore him. We start prayer not with ourselves, but with God. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. From there, it takes us to confession. 
Sin is the great barrier in prayer. And so when we come into prayer, we confess that which might stand in our way, which will stand in our way when we pray. We bring confession. Forgive us our debts. And then we go into thanksgiving from there. We thank God for what He has given us. What He has given and what He will give. We thank Him for who He is and who we are. We thank Him. And then we come to supplication, which is a big word that means ask for. To be clear, in no way am I ever saying here, don't ask for stuff from God. But oftentimes we treat prayer like God's vending machine. And we go to God with our prayer dollar, and we put it in the machine that we call prayer, and we ask for our stuff, and we get our stuff out from God. And then we go. God's not your vending machine. He's not here to grant your wishes. Because what this does, what this does in this order, is we go from God and who he is, understanding that power, that grace, that truth, all the things that we know about God. We go to confession, so we have to surrender and admit who we are. And we thank him. Gratitude sets us in a space, in a mind that is different. And you go from those three places, and then the things that you ask for out of that will be immensely different than when you start with S. You start with S, and you go out of order, and it was some weird stuff, like scat, or sacked, or stack. Or staccato. If you start with S, it gets weird. But here's the thing. We can ask. He wants us to ask. But it's from the right place. And so we learn how, as it says in the scripture, not my will. Your kingdom come, your will be done. Help me out of temptation, deliver me from the evil one. We can cry out in those dark times. Give us our daily bread. That's such a different statement than give us as much as I need. Give me what I want right now. Give us our daily bread. This, this is the idea of having just enough for the day. Enough for my needs right now. So here's what I want to do as we end tonight. I want us to pray. And I want us to start by praying just us and God. Individual prayer. So if you guys want to spread out a little bit, you're welcome to do it. If you want to just stay where you're seated, you can do that. We're just going to spend five minutes in prayer by ourselves.
And we're going to come together. And we're going to pray together in life groups. And then we're going to talk about it from there. So let's start. I'm not going to pray us out because we're going to go into prayer. So if you want to spread out, if you want to stay where you're at, let's head into a time of prayer.